Welcome in, College Football News Podcast. Nick Shepkowski, Pete Futek with you. About to talk some Roll Tide Roll as we break down the Alabama Crimson Tide ahead of their 2019 season. Joining us here in a couple of minutes, Ryan Fowler from the game 1029 in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. He's the afternoon show host there. Also share our picks and predictions with you on what happens with the Crimson Tide in 2019. Coming up, Scott Steen. Picking and predictions with him as well. He's a lead handicapper. Winnersandwiners.com. He'll give all of his picks on the Bama Tide coming up here too as well. What's up, Pete? What's going on in Alabama country? They're pretty good at this college football thing. They have uh, it figured out, and they've they, had it figured out for quite there, some there's time. There's two ways that this goes. Either the national championship disaster was that moment that you kind of see in, over the course of college football history, whether it's Florida State losing to Oklahoma in that uh, Orange Bowl, uh, whether it was USC losing and events young in the Rose Bowl, uh, Miami losing to Ohio State, those moments where you can define it and say, that's the end. That's where this whole dynasty kind of, not crumbles, but maybe now it's the 10-2 and two Alabama Crimson Tide. Maybe this is where the run stops, or you just made it mad. And you've just said, okay, well, the, and the funny part, when we talked to Ryan about this, and I, I've gone on his show a couple times, and I've had to talk, to talk him down off the ledge, where now Nick Saban's like, we got to change things up and do things the Alabama way. Well, this was like the historically greatest team of all time, right up until they went up against this ultra-motivated team that had just had everything working perfectly for them. It was one bad game. This year, I love this. Alabama is going to be just as good as long as Tua stays healthy. This is one awesome team again. Yeah, to me, Alabama seems as talented as any Alabama team here in the last decade or so, and it it seems like one of those of like if you're hoping for the downfall of Alabama, you're a year early on it. I guess what you're saying, yeah, you've there've been plenty of examples of it happening, of losing a title game and your world going completely to hell. This Alabama team seems incredibly talented, though, and it seems like it's destined for a 12-0 record to end up in the SEC title game and beat a lot of rear ends badly it in the process of It gets lost in there. the narrative now, but remember, last year, they didn't just beat te- It's not like they were—I mean, Clemson was obviously amazing, but they got to beat AC, bad ACC teams. Alabama was destroying LSU— they were beating up Texas A&M. They were beating up you know, Auburn. They were beating up a whole lot of really awesome teams. The games are over in the you know the second quarter with most of these teams. This year, they do have some questions on the offensive line. The defensive front does have to replace some key parts. But, man, the, the NFL talent among those skill guys is amazing. Najee Harris is going to be a Heisman contender. Jerry Judy's probably the first wide receiver off the board. You know, it's tank for two a time. He's probably the number one pick in the draft next year. This is just a, just a jaw-dropping array uh, of talents. And, again, they're mad now. Yeah, they're mad. They're ticked off. The one thing that I guess if you're looking for a negative or a worry uh, in terms of the Crimson Tide in their 2019 season, it is one of those odd years. And when I say odd years, not a strange year, but it's 2019, and it means going to Auburn in years past. I mean, whether it's the kick six or the uh, some of the craziness that's happened in that series— Going to Auburn has led to some strange and difficult times for Alabama here in recent years, but if that's what you're hanging your hat on is just the, okay, well, they have to go to Auburn instead of play them at home, means your program's in pretty doggone good shape. 
yeah, they're in pretty doggone good shape, and you're looking at the kick six, <laughs> the the historically probably greatest play in the history of college football. One of the craziest of all to, time, man. Uh, to get out there. So uh, they're awesome. I mean, this is I I don't think anybody touches them this year, and if they do, it's going to take it. And even to your point, when they did lose, it took Johnny Manziel with a Heisman-winning historical performance. It took every weird, bizarre bounce for Chad Kelly's Ole Miss Rebels to get by them uh, that one time. It takes something really special. Or Deshaun Watson playing historically amazing. I mean, the yeah. talent level is so amazing. And again, last year's team was probably Nick Saban's best yet, and it just didn't happen to win the national championship because Clemson's really good again, too. Yeah, Clemson's really good again, too, but Alabama, to me, I mean, this looks like as talented, at least, of Alabama team that Nick Saban has had in his run, and man, has it been a heck of a run at Alabama. We'll take a quick pause before bringing on our guest, Ryan Fowler from 1029 The Game in Tuscaloosa. He's the afternoon host there, and right after our discussion, we'll be predicting what's going to happen this year for the Crimson Tide. Be sure to subscribe and check out all of the college collegefootballnews.com podcasts on the site, iTunes, and wherever you like to download and listen. And also go to sportsbookwire.com where Fuel will be cranking up his college football predictions all season long. USA Today Sports' new sportsbook wire, sports betting tips, picks, and analysis for the casual and rookie sports better. You hear them each and every weekday, 2 to 6 p.m. in Tuscaloosa, Alabama on the game 1029. Afternoon host Ryan Fowler, kind enough to pick up the phone and join myself, Nick Shepkowski, and Pete Futek on this fine evening. What's up, Ryan? How's it going, man? Hey, man, it's great. Listen, one day closer to college football season when you take a 44 to 16 beating in Santa Clara. We're just itching to get the college football season in Tuscaloosa. Man. I, I've gone on Ryan's show many a time. I love talking college football. I love going on the show because they adore college football down there. That's all they talk about. They love it to death. And I have given him the advice over time because it's it's so depressing. They're so sad after that loss. I told him my advice to them was just just pretend like you won. Just, just pretend. If I told you, hey, you, you, let's say you were in a coma and you came out and said, yeah, Alabama won the national championship. Woo! Nothing would be different. You'd be fine. Your team's still good. Your team's still amazing. Everything's going to be all right. You had one bad game. But listen, the standard is in Tuscaloosa of winning a national title, and we're still looking for the what if, okay? We don't, listen, I'm working on a story right now, and I don't know if I'll be able to confirm it before the football season, but I'm working on it. I just need one more source, okay? I don't think Nick Saban was really on the sidelines. I think that was an impersonator. I don't think it was really Nick Saban. I've never seen Nick Saban look lost, more lost than what he was in Santa Clara. I mean, he had this look like, what in the world is going on? And so for the last, you know, almost 200 days, we've been questioning what what happened? What went wrong for Alabama in Santa Clara? It's just not that easy. The Clemson defensive front is what went wrong for you. All-time historically great defensive line there had a little something to do with it. Yeah, but 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 hey, listen, you, you let Trevor Lawrence pick, and you know he could sit back there and have a picnic and and not even get touched. I mean, he was not sacked. He was not quarter one quarterback hurry, none, zero. They just allowed him to sit back there, you know, do what he wanted to do, and. Uh, 
you know, it's been a long off season here in T-Town, but, uh, you know, the pressure's on for Nick Saban. He can't afford to lose. The pressure's on. Pressure's on. I, I, honestly, the Nick Saban hot seat. What are you going to do? If you guys lose Nick Saban, let's, let's just do this here. Let's just say, oh, my gosh, they lost two games this year. Holy Let, cow. Let's just say, Let's just say they go 10-2 and two with two weird performances or Tua gets hurt or something crazy happens, and Nick Saban's on a hot seat, and you're like, you know what? Thanks a lot, greatest head coach of all time. I think let's move on from here. Where do you go besides going after Dabo? No, I mean, I mean, listen, I mean, I, I think you jump quickly. Listen, I'm just kidding, okay? You're, you're not going to get rid of Nick Saban. But I, I've actually heard this, by the way. I've actually had this before, where I think they lost. I want. I want to say it was a couple years ago. They might have lost to Ole Miss early on, and I was actually on a national radio. I did an appearance on a national show where the host, I won't mention who, actually asked, "Does this put Nick Saban on a hot seat?" And I had to like take a breath and be like, uh, "No." But but okay, but but guys, play along with me here just for a minute, okay? Look at this schedule. It's a very manageable schedule. Manageable? I mean, they're going to be 12-0. and 0. It's more yeah, than manageable. Okay, so, so look at the schedule. Look at all the talent. He's got one of the best wide receiver units in, in history of Alabama football. He's got, I mean, look at it. He's got a Blitnikoff coming back. He's got Tua Tungabaloa. Uh, defense looks okay. Najee Harris could win the Heisman if they give him the ball enough. Yeah, but 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 they but but look at it. Okay, if Nick Saban is not able to get it done with this schedule and this team, when will he get it done? You'll <laughs> 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 oh, probably get it done next year. No, but, I but don't let, know. Let, let's flip this a second here. I'll actually I'll actually argue. If you look at the Clemson schedule and you're looking at that and saying, okay, we know Clemson's awesome. Now that I'll buy. That if you're ripping, th- I would make the argument that you could take six or even seven uh, SEC teams and they'd be at no worse than the number two team in the uh, in the ACC this year. That I would get. If you're looking at this schedule, they could lose to Texas A&M and it wouldn't be that you know insane. It'd be pretty insane. The Texas A&M is really good. Be a double digit. They're favorite, really though. good. They could if they lost to LSU. LSU's gonna be a top five team at some point this year. By the way, Texas A&M's beaten Clemson. That's going to be a one versus two matchup, but I digress. Uh, I know Ryan's going to jump on me for this. They could lose to Auburn at Auburn if something goes weird. If to Auburn, Pete, come on. I I knew I'd get you back. There's Ryan Fowler. That's the man I go on the show with. That's my guy. Hey, listen, Gus ain't going to make it to November, is he? I mean, you think he'll make it to November? Tell me if they beat Oregon or not, and I'll tell you how long he lasts. No, he's not going to beat Oregon. They're he's beating a, Oregon. Not, Come on. They're it's not a... going to beat Mario Cristobal. He's building an SEC program out there. Come on. Uh, Auburn's, uh, Auburn's going down. Look at look at Vegas. Vegas has adjusted that line. I mean, that line is down. Everybody's taking Oregon. There's money to be made there. This is the part of the program where you say, does Orion Fowler love Alabama more or hate Auburn more. It's a. It's oh. it, sometimes it's a. It depends on the day on a fifty-fifty kind of way with it. But correct me if yeah, I'm this, wrong. This, this might be. This might be my show. You're just giving me content. That's what you always. That's do. what I do. Oh, I make your okay. fan base mad. Oh my heavens, man! This is this is classic. Okay, hold on a minute. Let, let me let me ask, answer the question this way. Do I like to see Alabama win or Auburn lose? Let me tell you something. I enjoy watching Auburn get beat, and I. Listen, I love when little brother gets pounded in the dirt, okay? <laughs> um, oh, man, you guys don't understand this robbery. When you live in this state, uh, these folks will – listen, and all we've heard all this offseason about is about stupid basketball. 
in the final four. Oh, <laughs> I, I mean, it, it, it's just – and now they're talking about baseball and the – oh, it's just – it gets so old down here. Uh, they're t- anyway. Would Auburn fans the- rather w- win the national championship in basketball or beat Alabama in football? Uh, well, I mean, like I don't say that jokingly because the, the the way that they care, you know, I I I know how these guys roll. That basketball is nice, but man, beating Alabama if you're an Auburn they, fan, they love, yeah, yeah. I mean, they but see, they name every win over Alabama like it, it's some kind of name that they give it. <laughs> well, I promise you, like if you go to their university, you know, Auburn has a museum of football. All, like we have a museum. Okay, we built a museum. Uh, out of championships, 17 national titles, 27 SEC titles, 131 first-team All-Americans, 70 postseason appearances, 39 postseason victories. Okay, we had a great Don't mention national championships. Don't make me do that to you. Don't make me jump. Don't make me rip on some of your some national championships system there. in 1964 or whatever it was. Yeah, uh, well, 41 is questionable, but but I, everybody else, I mean, you know, they ripped us in 66. They should have gave us one there. So we'll, we'll make up for 41-66. Uh, anyway, but going to Auburn, they've got a museum. And if you walk in this museum, all it is is wins over Alabama. Like that's their only history. They they want it. They split it in '57 with Ohio State. So they got a half national title in '57, and they got the asterisk national title where they paid Cam Newton to come and they rented a because Al- Alabama's never right. ever paid a player before. So okay, no. so, so going into no, this, we don't pay players. It's illegal, Pete. You I'm don't do that. Down you're there. right. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. SEC you're right. country, they Absolutely don't do such a thing. Pete, clean. how could you ever claim such a thing? I know this. I am hey, sorry. Hey, hey, you don't have to pay players to come here. They want to come to Alabama. They yeah, you just have to pay National State. Merit Scholars. But anyway, uh, so what does Alabama need to do this year? to? So Okay, so if last season was so bad at the end there, and if, if things are so dire, and oh my gosh, you can't get by Clemson now, it's the top of the mountain, what does this year's Alabama team missing uh, to win the national championship? Don't listen to us media idiots. Don't listen to us. We, we tried to tell this team they were the best team in college football history last year. You remember this talk back in November and October? This may be the best college football team in history. And, and they, 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 they listened to us. They didn't listen to their coach. He was trying to break them down. He said, nobody, everybody ignores the bald tires and the leaking oil Everybody sees the pretty girl in the convertible. See, here's, a, here's my problem with that. They, my, my issue, and this is this kind of goes back to your point of, okay, what was Nick Saban doing in the coaching? It, the one way that you combat something like that is by having a rested team. And what the, the key to last season where this was really sort of inexcusable was, I, I remember talking, you know, name-dropping here, Urban Meyer about this, and you know he was saying, okay, how do, we have to figure out now how do you handle the long grind of the season. Part of the keys is going to be how do to rest starters as much as possible in key areas, and nobody ever was able to rest their starters more, faster, or for longer stretches than last year's Alabama team. That should have been the freshest team ever, and they just looked gassed by the time they got into Santa Clara. Well, and, and I don't know exactly what it was. I mean, if it was practice, if they, if he grinded on them too hard, but it was, and, and you know, it, and this is when Nick Saban coaches his hardest. When they're beating a team sixty-five to three, or you know, fifty-seven to ten, that's when Nick Saban is coaching. That's when you see him explode because he knows he's got to get his attention. So I wonder if you're not right. I wonder if he didn't grind them in the ground. 
Yeah, there's a like, fi- like, there's a fine line between coaching and being a jerkweed when your team's up like fifty nine to three. But also, don't forget, give Clemson a lot of credit. I mean, that was that I, I saw this a few years back after they lost the national championship to Bama. That was an ultra focused team from spring practice on. That was a business like atmosphere around there. Deshaun Watson and that whole group. That was that that was an ultra talented team. I know it sounds hokey, but it, that really was a team on a mission. As soon I should we should have all figured this out in advance. The second that all those dudes came back on the defensive front for one more year, and you had NFL talent to back up on the line, they had an SEC line that was just at a whole other level, and Alabama just couldn't seem to handle it in the national championship. So it was a bad thing for Alabama, but at the same time, that was a pretty doggone good Clemson team too. Well, no, it was. It was, but, but look at the sour taste in the mouth that was created down in New Orleans. I mean, that's where Clemson took one on the – uh, you know, on the chin, and they're like, hold on a minute now, hold on. It, we're all coming back. I mean, it motivated them. So I guess the question that I want to see is how motivated is this Alabama team? Do they walk in going, hey, you know what? We're, we're, we're going to take that wrong of what happened in Santa Clara, and we're going to correct it once again in New Orleans. That That's the question that I want to know. Like, I want to know, like, I want to see this Alabama team pissed off. Like, I want to see them so irritated that they come out and, and literally, they have no mercy on anybody. Like, Duke, it's 75 to nothing. And, and Saban's like trying to convince them to call off the dogs, okay? that That's what they need to have, this mindset. Because they're going to have to go inner motivation. They not, they're not going to fight it against New Mexico State. They're not going to fight it against South Carolina, Southern Miss, Ole Miss, Texas A&M, Tennessee, Arkansas. I mean, stop me when you hear somebody good. LSU here. Mississippi State on the road, Western Carolina here, Auburn on the watch road. Watch out for Mississippi State on the road. They're not going to lose that game, but just let's watch out. I want to I see Ryan Fowler, man. I want to see him, you know, call out, call off the dogs. He'll fire this guy up at some point. So yeah, you, but, but I mean, I mean, have this mindset. Have this mindset that it carries you, not not just the first month of the season, but it's some kind of motivation that will push you throughout, you know, to to Atlanta and 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 then to the semifinal games. It's it's. So it's, it's the mindset. It's the mental side. It's not the physical. This is one of the best rosters in college football. But do they have the mental makeup that it takes to be a champion? Ultimately, how would you answer that question? You think they do? Uh, Lord, I hope so. If not, I mean, I mean, I, I don't know if I want to do radio in Tuscaloosa. I mean, I mean like, like, like if we lose another championship. Okay, think about this. Okay, Right now, I try to tell Alabama fans that it's, it's two out of three, right? Clemson's beat Alabama two out of three. Now, they'll take two out of four. Now, but it, let's say Clemson is the team to beat, and they make it to New Orleans, and they win. We're talking three out of four. We're, we're talking three out of four. That's why I'm saying that Nick Saban, if he doesn't win it with this, and, and if one of these days you guys can, we'll, we'll get on and we can talk about this, but I've added up the players next year in 2020. Like, you could lose as many as 16 players off of your 22 starting deep. Okay, so when you look at this team, they need to beat some teams so bad that the second half they play, they play their backups to build some depth because it is, it's scary when you begin to look at everything they'll lose in 2020. And forget that, that don't team. forget that Texas a and going to rise up and rock. I love Alabama crying poor. This is great. That's right. I mean, it's a national championship of us. I mean, it's the monster that Nick Saban has created. And it's the standard. I mean, you know, 14-1 and one is not good enough in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. Not when you're paying the coach $11 million a year. You either win it 
or, or it's a failure. I mean, he, even Nick Saban said a couple of years ago, remember down in Tampa when they lost it, um, he said, let's not waste a failure. I mean, he, he labeled it. He, he's, he called it a failure. He said, let's not waste a failure. And the, the year that they won, they bounced back and they won the national title. So, you know, you, you use that same verbiage. Let's not waste a failure. What happened in Santa Clara was one of the worst beatdowns I've ever, I've ever witnessed as someone who has followed Alabama for many, many years. I mean, it was a whipping in the old woodshed. Uh, Ryan, hey, this was awesome stuff. Appreciate you taking the time, and uh, we'll be thinking of you each and every Saturday when Alabama's rolling it out and, and you're thinking of how you're watching and observing these games if they're not blowing somebody out. Hey, no doubt, no doubt. Listen, it should be a, it should be a manageable schedule. Uh, let's just see if the mental side of, you know, is there for this Alabama team. And it's always great to be able to talk out about football and, you know, spread some of this Crimson Tide love throughout the country. Later, Ryan. Thanks so much, man. Thank you, guys. As always, time for us to make our predictions and get one from our favorite handicapper, lead handicapper at winnersandwiners.com. He's Scott Steen on the College Football News Podcast with Nick Shepkowski and Pete Futek. Scott, roll, tide, roll. Will it be a... Autumn to remember in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. Is this the part where we just go ahead and skip ahead and start talking about the Clemson-Alabama National Championship? I, mean, I hope not. I really hope not. It feels like the NBA did previous to this year, right? Doesn't it feel like it's the college football's version of LeBron representing Cleveland or the East waiting to take on Golden State in the finals? Yeah, it it really does. And I, I think, the if anything, I think the country hates this matchup even more outside, outside of uh, SEC, outside of the Southeast there. Yeah, it's... I, I don't. Uh, I, I don't see anybody beating Alabama. Now the question is, um, can they use what Clemson did in the national championship game as a blueprint to beat them? They did a great job against Tua. They disguised their coverage. They didn't put a lot of pressure on him. Only gave up two sacks, uh, no hurries, but they they faked that they faked that man to man and fell into the zone all night long. They kept him frustrated. They had two big interceptions. Now the question is, are other teams in the Southeast Conference? Do they have the athletes to play like Clemson did? I think that's I think that's an open question, but it, it, it is kind of an interesting thing watching uh, Alabama get trounced in the national championship game. Well, you've got the game at Texas A&M. I, I am a firm believer that the Aggies are going to be very good this year. Uh, you've got the game at Auburn to end the season. You still got to deal with LSU. You still got to deal with the date at Mississippi State, which is going to be sneaky good. It, the genius of Nick Saban, now the genius of Dabo Sweeney, has been they've been they, they maybe lose a game. They don't lose a second game, and that's going to be the key to this season where they might lose a game along the way, but, man, good luck finding that second game. Yeah, it's, you know, the thing is, I love Kellen Mond down there at A&M, and, you know, playing at Kyle Field in front of the 12th man, they're going to be, they're going to be flat fired up for that game. You know, and this is the same A&M team that, for all intents and purposes, they had Clemson beat last year. They had a, they had a real good shot at them. They ended up losing I think twenty eight twenty six as a, was. Don't was tell Clemson game. fans that they that that game apparently never existed in their world. Well, yeah, Trevor Lawrence wasn't starting yet, so you just wipe it from everyone's memory, Men in Black well, style. What did they just say? A win's a win, baby. It was for Clemson's case. I mean, that was prime example, grade A example of that. So, you so know, was that was that loss in the national championship just one? I'm kind of, I'm under the belief that it's it's one bad game. It's a really bad game, but it's it's not indicative that oh my gosh, you know, look at Alabama. That's the beginning. Then we forget that that was arguably the greatest twelve game run, at least up until the SEC championship in the history of college football. 
and they just sort of got hit on the wrong day by a really good team that playing at the absolute highest of levels. At least that that was my thought. I don't think it's an indictment. Uh oh, watch out for Alabama to start to tank. Oh no, no. I think uh, yeah, I, I I agree with that. It was a uh, it was it was. It was kind of the perfect game to end just about the perfect season for Clemson. They really couldn't have done much else right. Um, and, and Dabo really had them dialed up. And like I said, the, I, I think that game was won um, on the defense. I think they confused Tua. But I don't think you're going to confuse a quarterback that good, and I don't think you're going to confuse Nick Saban two years in a row. So what the hell do you do on a weekly basis with an Alabama team that's going to be favored by 34 against just about everybody. I mean, their lines are going to be so far off the charts, at least until they get to the Texas A&Ms of the world. That's a that's just a tough, tough team to ever go against, even with the lines insanely high. Yeah, you, the, the, the only thing you can do, you know, I got burned on them last year. I, play, I played them against the Citadel, and I think they had to cover uh, it was, you know, some easy number, like 48 or whatever it was, and 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 uh, Alabama was you know had them well in hand. They had the third stringers in there, and they they give up a you know a fifty yard a fifty yard run for a touchdown out of that stupid triple option that the Citadel runs. And so yeah, they, they that's probably the only game they didn't cover in that stretch again their non con. But you, you can't you, you you can't lay forty plus and. Uh, and have a successful career as a handicap. I loved no that way. game. I said that's my personal rule. If anybody's going to give me 50 points, I don't care who it is. Thank you and I will take them. I don't care who it is and <laughs> I loved everything that Citadel team did at least for the first half. Well, that's just great to you. I'm it so was. Happy. It was a fun <laughs> moment. I got to do some I got to rip on some people from that one. If you're I'll be- bet if you're betting Bama this year, is it best to go at the win total of 11 and go over that, or is it time to get on them on the national championship before they turn into a turn into a likely absolute favorite with no value? Well, here's my question, gentlemen. If you're not going to bet on Alabama over 11, who exactly are you going to put How, how are you going to bet them under? How, who's going to say they're going to win 10 games? Right. How, 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 is that, how is that possible? Find me... Uh... Find find me three losses in their schedule. I just I don't think you do it. Um, it's possible. It's possible they could lose to uh, to A and M down there. Uh, have Johnny Manziel part due, but I, I I don't I don't love that A and M defense. I, I think they're going to give Tua too much time. Uh, he picked them apart in uh, in Tuscaloosa last year, and I don't see anything I don't see anything different that they're going to be doing. Uh, they might play a little better there at home. Obviously, the home crowd is going to help on the defensive end. But I think at the end of the day, Alabama wins that one. And dare I say it, I think they cover. Yeah, so you can't take 11 because that's boring because that's actually the right call. You have to pick over or under on 11 wins, Alabama? Over 11, absolutely. All right. He's Scott Steen, lead handicapper at winnersandwiners.com. We love talking to him all the time on the College Football News Podcast. Scott, as always, thank you for your time, man. And roll damn tide right to the back. Always, always a pleasure, guys. See ya.